Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. And well, here we are, January the 4th, 1999, which you could kind of compare to one company cementing its legacy and the other one taking a gun and shooting itself right in the foot. And what am I referring to? The main events of both WWF Raw and WCW Nitro. We all know the story too. Raw was taped and Nitro was live. So halfway through the show, Tony Schiavone just went, ha ha, we have learned that over on the other show, Cactus Jack, who used to wrestle here, is going to win their world title. So we strongly advise that you keep watching Nitro instead. Ha, that's gonna put some butts in seats. And then around about 600,000 people changed the channel because they wanted to put their butt in that mankind seat. They were probably glad they did do this when they figured out what Nitro had done as well. And because we have so much to talk about because we are going to compare two shows, let's just take the finger of power and yes, give the good bits an up and the bad bits a down for both of these shows. And as a little spoiler, never ever, 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 ever watch this episode of WCW Nitro I could have done a better job if I had got a pencil and stuck it up my ass and then drawn on a piece of paper. That's the worst and most embarrassing thing I've ever said. Mum and Dad, I'm sorry. Let's up those downs. Okay, so we will jump back and forth from Raw to Nitro because, of course, I watched both of them and made notes on every single bit. And the start to this particular episode of Raw, well, it's really, really fun. We get this proper over-the-top video package because Vince McMahon had recently fired Shawn Michaels and you get one of those really good old-school WWF production themes that my words still sound amazing when all of a sudden you hear, Cut it off, Dad! Cut it off! And out comes Vince McMahon because he doesn't want to see this sentimental ship. So the crowd is furious, the heat is wild, Shane McMahon looks like a fetus. It is really good. Brock is also wearing that black shirt that he did for a while because why the hell not? And then we see Shawn Michaels in the arena and he comes out on top of the rampway. And somewhat nicely, he is joined by Degeneration X, which is the first of these like comparison moments because everybody thought it was amazing to see 1999 Heartbreak Kid with Triple H, Shawn Waltman and everything like that. And yet over on Nitro, we were reforming the NWO for the 72,901 time. And everyone was like, please, no, do something else. As it turns out, Shawn Michaels' contract is ironclad, Jack. So no one is actually able to fire him. So he uses his powers to say, hey, Vince, you want to enter the Royal Rumble this year. And when you did draw number 30, you actually said you wanted to be number two. So kapow. And just made him number two. Vince McMahon was mad. I think the real joy of this as well is that Vinnie Mac always understood that because he was the bad guy, a lot of the time the crap had to rain down on him and he had to sell it like, man, I can't believe crap is raining down on me. And that is exactly what he does here. On the other side of the fence though, gee whiz, I'm just gonna 
put on some other clothes so that in case you miss it, you know when I'm talking about raw and when I'm talking about nitro. Right, good. And you're looking at me saying, Simon, you look so stupid. Oh yeah? Well then I'm a good representation of this episode of Nitro. Because as far as you get one of these opening videos where nobody says anything, there's no VO, so you have no idea what's going on unless you watch every single second of WCW. And then you cut to the Nitro girls and then for some reason with Vox popping the fans and they're all drunk, stupid moustaches coming off. And then our first match is Hugh Morris versus Glacier just because, well, we've got to do something, so we may as well do that. Nitro also hits you so hard with this idea that you are going to get a rematch between Goldberg and Kevin Nash for the world title that knowing that they're not going to deliver, well, it just sums up their biggest problems. Glacier and Hugh Morris also have the exact same entrance music to the point I never knew where one guy finished his entrance and the other guy started. And yes, this actually ends with a distraction. And there are so many distractions on both Raw and SmackDown, I am gonna start my own within retro ups and downs counter just for this. So bring it down, that is number one. It all comes because Jimmy Hart is on the apron, but even then it doesn't really work because he is with Hugh Morris, but then Hugh Morris accidentally knocks him off the apron, but Glacier still loses after he gets hit with a moonsault. So why did you book that anyway? I'll tell you why, WCW, which is as dumb as this half mustache, down. And then back to Raw, our first match was Ken Shamrock versus Steve Blackman. As you know, I love Steve Blackman, especially because as soon as he was out the WWF, he just vanished as if he'd fallen into a big hole. Dan Seven is also at ringside because he was feuding with everybody and he was wearing a neck brace. And the best part about this is that Ken Shamrock had his entrance, even though during the opening bit with Vince McMahon, he was out there with the corporation. So he actually went backstage and then went, uh, play my music, please. And he went back out but he is both an Intercontinental and Tag Team Champion. Dan just decided to jump up on the apron at one point, which of course distracted Ken Shamrock. And when he turned around, Billy Gunn used his magic powers to pop in the ring. He gave in the famous, sir, and if you can believe it, just as Steve Blackman then went to pin Kenny, the referee turned around, one, two, three, that's a distraction, it rolls up to two. For some reason, Blackman celebrates like he's actually got a victory here, but I'm massively biased towards this, because genuinely, I love Dan Severin, I love Steve Blackman, I love Ken Shamrock, so I'm gonna give them it up. Billy and Ken are then also fighting backstage because they are about to feud with each other. And somewhat amazingly, Ken Shamrock's pants are the exact same color as like the walls and some of the fittings. It kind of just blends into the background. Who knew? Right, back to WCW. And of course, at this time, Nitro was three hours. And thanks a lot for that World Championship Wrestling. We're still being punished for it, thanks to Monday Night Raw. But you start to realize that every single segment is so elongated because they have 180 minutes to fill. And the proof of that here is that even though Eric Bischoff had beaten Ric Flair at Starcade, Ric Flair is still somehow the president of the company. And to try and catch you up to speed, they show you everything that has happened between these two probably for the last year. And don't get me wrong, Flair is brilliant throughout all of this. You see him stripped down to his pants while he's yelling at Eric Bischoff. But you also have to be reminded of that story where he pretended to have a heart attack in the ring. I mean, when I say pretended, I mean it was part of the narrative. But then it turned out somebody had poisoned him. And did we ever find out who that was? Of course we didn't. Down. But the whole thing must go on for 30 minutes. I mean, you don't get the intro video to Nitro until 17 minutes in. And it was great for me, Simon Miller of 2021, because they did tell me everything that had happened. But Simon Miller in 1999, if I was watching every single week, I didn't need this. But it is kind of cool because Rick comes out with his entire family, so you get to see Charlotte before she's a massive wrestling star. 
but it's just still so weird. He puts Eric Bischoff back on commentary as a demotion. I guess that's quite a nice little touch. But then he says, I sold out the next pay-per-view. I want a handicap match against Barry Windham and Kurt Hennig. And then his other son, David, goes, oh, Dad, I'll team with you, even though I've never had any wrestling experience. And Ric Flair goes, oh, that sounds great, Dave. Even though directly behind Ric Flair is Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko, you know, actual wrestlers. I can't even remember where I am now, but just because it was so infuriating down. And then switching back to Raw, you are reminded that at this juncture, we have Mankind, who is kind of half his old character and half Mick Foley. Like, he's still coming out to a remixed version of his old music. You haven't got the da-na-na, da-na, da-na-na. But when he gets to the ring and cuts a promo, he's still talking about grabbing Gerald Briscoe's testicles and how much he enjoyed it. Mainly he just loves kicking the McMahon's ass after they screwed him over at the Survivor Series 98, which is why he goes, I think I deserve a title shot at the Royal Rumble. And kind of hilarious, Vince McMahon does come out and he says, Mankind, you're scum, you're nothing, you're rubbish, you're not getting any opportunities, you're not getting anything from me, you haven't paid your dues. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, later on you can go one-on-one -on -one with Triple H and whoever wins goes in the Royal Rumble. The guest referee was also going to be Shane McMahon, so then you realise, oh, they're going to screw over Mankind again. And unfortunately, this suffered from Nitro Syndrome a little bit. The whole thing must have gone about 15 minutes and it really did not need to. And then back on Nitro, Booker T beat Emery Hale in 40 seconds, and then the Nitro girls danced for around about five minutes. You really do not know how hard some of this was. Down. I will say that Eric Bischoff was very good when he was sat back at the announce table, because he basically refuses to say anything because he's acting like a stubborn child. And this ties into that Vince McMahon thing. He knows he's the bad guy. He's got his comeuppance. He's got to sell it. And just when you thought you had nothing to sink your teeth into either, out comes Chavo Guerrero with that stupid stick horse that I believe he called Chappy. And I guess it must have worked on some level because I still remember it to this day. And by the time I realized he was fighting Norman Smiley, who had the wiggle. So you've got Chavo with his horse going, yeah, yeah, horse. And you've got Norman Smiley with the wiggle. I was like, you know what? I'm having a good time. This is the kind of stuff I need in my wrestling life and I'm giving it up. Otherwise, this is nothing. Guerrero almost kills himself when he falls on his own head after botching a move. But then he turns it all into the most devastating move in all the sorts of entertainment the surprise roll up and he beats Norman Smiley and Norman Smiley is so mad he gets chappy and he hits him with it and the horse's head falls off you're then instantly reminded again that Nitro is three hours long because they just send Chris Benoit and Horace Hogan out there to have a match and even the commentators are talking about anything else rather than what's going on in the ring so I was sat there like, why are you even presenting this to me? And of course, Benoit just locks in the crossface and Horace Hogan taps out. I am never going to get these five minutes back. It was a waste of time. Down. Speaking of downs, back on Raw. Oh my gosh. Because it's a good thing the finger poke of doom segment didn't happen here with everybody going to tune into Raw. Because it was everything to do with Mark Henry, China... China's friend Sammy. If you do not remember, this is when Henry just wanted to sleep with anybody that would sleep with him. So China did introduce him to Sammy. And when they were going to get it on a few weeks after this, it turned out that Sammy had a penis and Mark Henry freaked out. And I know it's a different time, but I tell you this, it sucked back then too. The cool thing about wrestling is it should be open to everyone. Doesn't matter if you're straight, doesn't matter if you're gay, doesn't matter if you're transgender. It doesn't matter what you are. And you certainly shouldn't be portraying people like this. 
down. Anyway, Mark Henry is fighting gold dust here. Once again, it is pointless, officially the word of this episode of Retro Ups and Downs. Because out come China and Sammy. They distract him. So gold dust decides, oh, I'm just going to kick you in the balls. And the ref goes, well, you shouldn't have done that. That's a disqualification. But it also still counts as a distraction because otherwise he wouldn't be able to do it. So bring it down three. Following this, though, you get one of those wonderful out of context moments in wrestling that just completely bewilders you because Dennis Knight is in some kind of dungeon and he has his hands chained to the roof and he just goes, oh, help me, please, somebody help you. Now, of course, I remember that he's about to become Midian of the Ministry of Darkness, but it took me a few seconds. So he's just in some kind of sex dungeon and maybe he's about to have some fun. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. And then back on Nitro, they crapped the bed. <laughs> and killed their own show. Because despite packing out the Georgia Dome based on the fact that it was Goldberg versus Nash in a rematch for the title, the police find Bill Goldberg backstage and they arrest him on some kind of trumped up charge. It's only later that you find out it's aggravated assault because Miss Elizabeth has said that's what he's doing. But this must be one of the dumbest things that anyone has ever done. You're actively going, you know, all the fans that want to see the match, we're going to take it away. (laughs) Those fools, but they'll definitely come back. 
Well, guess what? They didn't. And also, who wanted to see Goldberg do anything like this? I didn't. And at one point, he just goes to the policeman, well, you're going to have to shoot me. as like, Bill, you sound like an idiot. Anyway, he does get taken away to the precinct. And then Kevin Nash is running outside going, oh, I don't think this is a good idea. And then Hulk Hogan is just back on Nitro, which is meant to be a big deal, but it wasn't treated as such. And he's still pretending that he's going to run for the flipping president of the United States. Down. Thankfully, next up was Perry Saturn versus Chris Jericho. And this is the real reason WCW carried on for as long as it did, because they had such good mid-card talent. Up. Jericho also has Ralphus here, which was a tremendous idea, but the finish is so, so stupid. Jericho just throws the referee in the way of Saturn when he goes for a crossbody. And when the referee is selling this, Jericho then hits him in the balls. He then follows it up with the lion salt and then puts him in the lion tamer. And the referee just goes, oh, that's the end. And you're meant to go, oh, but it's a disqualification. That makes sense. But no, what you will have forgotten is that the referee was actually feuding with Perry Saturn. So he had just decided to go with Chris Jericho. My head was hurting at this stage. Who is watching for this kind of stuff? And do you know what happens at the next pay-per-view? You get the ref versus Perry Saturn. And Chris Jericho is nowhere to be seen. The cops then decided it would be fine to take Bill Goldberg to the police station and have cameras film it because you just see the whole interrogation. And what's worse with this, while we did settle with aggravating stalking or whatever, at one point WCW went up to Goldberg and said, it's going to be sexual harassment. And thankfully Bill went, no way, no how, that's not happening. I mean, he should have done it with all of this. And it's also the longest conversation you've ever seen. Did you do this to Miss Elizabeth? I didn't do this to Miss Elizabeth. We think you did this to Miss Elizabeth. I didn't do this to Miss Elizabeth. Ah, why? Who wrote it? Who's it for? Also, you need to make note that Tony Schiavone at this point states that the police station is across the road from the Georgia Dome. Keep that in mind. Back to Raw next, and I was just in tears because the Attitude Era is actually ridiculous. Down. Because the Godfather versus Test ends <laughs> with a distraction. Velvinus just interrupts as Test and the Godfather are fighting on the outside, and that's just the end of the match. I don't know why, it just was. Velvinus then tries to beat up Test, and he doesn't do a very good job. And the referees then go, oh, we better stop them. I was like, don't stop them. Tell me what the finish is. There wasn't even a ding-ding or an announcement. And all of that genuinely lasted for about 120 seconds. And then back on Nitro, the Nitro girls were dancing again, I swear, for the 400,000th time. Like, even if you were into this back in the day, and you were like, let's face it, a horny young teenager, there must have got to the point of diminishing returns. You're like, I don't need to see this anymore. It's then back to the police station. I'm already done with it at this stage. We have so many more to go. And now they're talking to Miss Elizabeth. Her big case is, well, when I go to work, he's always at work. When I go to the company hotel, he's there. And he's even in the gym, which turns out later to be the gym that Goldberg owns. What cop would listen to this and be like, well, that sounds like a really good story. It just has no depth to it. It's just pissing off the fans. We also then cut to a parking lot where WCW had told Eddie Guerrero and all the luchadors, you gotta act really Mexican. Now, Eddie Guerrero makes the best of it, but talk about not seeing what you got down. However, we do then get some really good wrestling because it's Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio and they're taking on Psychosis and Juventud Guerrera. Up. If I had more time to talk about this, I'd go into it in detail, but it is very good. Although it ends kind of stupidly, you'll be surprised to hear, because Billy Kidman is meant to accidentally drop kick Rey Mysterio, but he doesn't. He just drops kicks him right in front of everyone, like, oh, I didn't mean to do it. I think you did. And that was that, and it allowed Hooventude and Psychosis to win. 
However, very enjoyable. We then had to have another promo, and I can't stress how many of these sections we've already had, when Kevin Nash comes out and says, yeah, look, man, didn't really beat Goldberg properly at, uh, at Starcade, but as he is in jail on these stupid charges, I think I should fight Hulk Hogan as a, as a, uh, uh, as a warm-up match before my match with Goldberg. Because as soon as he says that, you can hear the crowd t- trigger flicks in their brain. They're like, wait, does that mean we're not getting Goldberg versus Nash? And they audibly start to boo and jeer, and only then does Kev go, oh, that's just going to be a warm-up match, but it's too late. The seed is planted, and we all know what's going on. And then right after that, we get the same video that we got at the start of Nitro. And I was like, who's got a gun? Somebody shoot me in my brain. I can't do this anymore. I'm just giving it another down. Back on Raw, though, it was Triple H versus Mankind. Actually quite dug it. Um, I mean, there's just a lot going on here. I mean, for starters, Mankind gets screwed after Triple H does a sunset flip of all things. He's holding on to the rope. Shane McMahon just kicks his hands off and then does the fastest three count you've ever seen. But Triple H accepts this. And he gets to the microphone and he goes, business, uh, is that just business, Mick? So he's kind of sowing those seeds that he is going to turn heel. But he doesn't want to turn heel just yet. So we give Shane O'Mac the pedigree. The whole point to all of this, though, is that it was kind of when Mankind or Mick Foley had had enough. So he applies this, like, octopus abdominal stretch thing to Shane McMahon. Out come Vince and Mick Foley just goes, look, here's the deal. Give me a title shot right here, right now, tonight. Otherwise, I'm going to break your boy. This is when Vince was trying to protect his son. So he goes, okay, and that match is on. And then we return to Nitro, and Liz has finally started to get her stories wrong. So these policemen are realizing, oh, I think we've been duped. Then Hulk Hogan comes out to cut promo and says he's going to retire tonight after winning the world title, and then go on to be the president of the United States. I'm like, what a flipping pile of baloney. Following this too is Scott Steiner, the TV champion, taking on Conan. And yes, this is the moment. This is when Tony Schiavone says those words and sends more than half a million people to watch the other show, which is very beneficial to Scott Steiner and Conan, because I tell you, I don't think they cared. That goes for the commentators too, because they're far more intent on talking about Goldberg, and Conan also hits the worst X Factor you've ever seen in your life here before Buff Bagwell gets involved and causes the disqualification. So why did I even bother? What does it even mean? Down. We also get Bam Bam Bigelow versus Wrath that ends in a no contest when the referee can't continue. The referee can't continue. Is he in this match? No. Well, does it make any kind of a difference? Yes. Cool. Just kill it off. It's another down. And then a Raw. How do they even find ways to do this? Edge versus D'Lo Brown ends with a distraction finish. Put it down. That's fine. However... I love D'Lo Brown and Edge, up. If nothing else, it's just so awesome to see two people fighting 22 years ago, because look where they are now. D'Lo Brown is like a brand new commentator on Impact Wrestling, and Edge is about to main event WrestleMania. If you had said that to anyone back in 1999, they'd have gone, what's Impact Wrestling? And also they'd be like, Edge, a WrestleMania main event? I don't believe it. Apparently fans in the late 90s were very posh. This is kind of fun too, until WWE sends out PMS, which is the team of Terry Runnels and Jacqueline. Now the first thing Michael Cole says when they're here is, oh, it must be that time of the month. And I thought about ripping my own skin off. But then we go straight into an angle with Terry Runnels and her pregnancy. Now this is pure Vince Russo because one, Terry wouldn't tell anyone who the father was. So he was desperate for you to kind of a guess. And two, when she gets up onto the apron here, she accidentally slips and then we pretend that she may have lost it. And do you know what the payoff to all of this was? Terry Runnels wasn't even pregnant to begin with. Down. And then on Nitro, this Goldberg 
shit just gets even worse. Because they finally say, oh, you know what, Bill? We've made a massive mistake. You can leave. So he starts running towards the arena, even though we've been told it's across the street. The commentators also make out like if he doesn't get here in time and put his gear on, no one's going to let him wrestle. I'm like, but you've already talked about people earlier in the night wearing street clothes and wrestling. It's dire. It truly is. A goat could do better. A goat could do better. Again, like I said earlier, you put a pen in a goat's mouth, it goes, meh, bam. You look down and it would have a better idea. Even if it just scribbles on the page, it would be a better idea than this. You do then get a really fun segment on Raw. I mean, you can argue that it's part good, part bad, given some of the things they have here. But Shane McMahon, Shane McMahon is out again for another segment. And because the Stooges, Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe, hadn't protected him, Vince McMahon then just from nowhere throws them into a handicap match with Kane. Now everybody is bullying Kane here because the corporation had gone and got him out of the insane asylum and promised to send him back if they didn't do what he said. Now that is absolutely ludicrous, but I kind of like the whole monster on a leash thing and Kane plays it so damn well. He absolutely ruins Pat Patterson and Briscoe too and fair play to those guys for always doing this no matter what their age. And I'm ashamed to say, that when Pat Patterson tried to buy off the big red machine using a cigarette and a condom, I did laugh a little bit, because again, the visual, that was just so preposterous. You also get kind of a nice little bit where Kane grabs Shane by the throat, but Vince's like, nope, don't you do it, don't you do it, Kane, he has to let him go. So yeah, there is something to this. I'm gonna give it an up. Almost fittingly too, right after this, we go to the Acolytes and back into Dennis Knight's dungeon, and they're all like, oh, he's gonna see you now. And once again, they're referring to The Undertaker, but it is also strange. Who knew how many famous angles happened on this Raw 2? Because it's also that famous hardcore match between the road dog Jesse James and Al Snow, where they actually end up fighting in the snow in Massachusetts. I had no idea. This is proper 1999 fun as well, as they hit everything with anything they can find. And some of the shots, I will admit, are a little bit too stiff, but you live and you learn. And it does end, like I say, with them outside in the snow, where the road dog gives Al Snow a pile driver through a crate that just so happens to be landed on the concrete. They're also trying to keep on their feet, including the referee, because they're slipping around everywhere. And I just thought this was quite creative, and I just thought this was quite inventive, and actually something you could use today for the 24-7 title, because I think it's skits like this that made the hardcore championship so good. Up. Damn hand. Like nearly everything else on this Raw though, you go straight from silliness to the surreal because then you see Dennis Knight just get chucked in some room and he's screaming murder. Like blood curdling screams are coming out of his mouth and I was like, my gosh, I'm really, really worried about Dennis Knight. And speaking of people almost being murdered, we then have quite the mature angle with none other than Shawn Michaels. Now for starters, he is given the wrong key for his car by none other than Triple H. So once again, your eyebrow raises. And just before we cut to commercial, as he's trying to get back in the building, someone goes, hey, Sean. And then when we do get back to the show, his face has been slammed through the car windscreen and we have not held back with the blood. As it turned out, it was the corporation, the big boss man and Vince McMahon doing this to him. But honestly, in terms of a visual, this made me go, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. So they did a pretty good job. I mean, Sean looked like he'd been in a fight with either Thunder Rosa or Britt Baker. And if you do want some trivia, what's the last thing you see before Mankind wins the WWE title? Now you know. DDP versus Brian Adams was happening back on Nitro. And you know what? It was fine. Diamond Cutter. I mean, it was just basic, but it didn't make you want to rip your own arm off and smash yourself over the head with it. And if only we had done the same thing when it came to Goldberg. Because he is in the police house screaming that he needs an escort. 
even though the arena <laughs> is across the road. So unless someone is just gonna hold his hand and go, there's nothing coming, Bill, we can cross the road. There is no need for this, Goldberg. Just walk across the street. I wanna end on a high though, so let's just get into it. We then get to our Nitro main event, and it's not just a down, you already know this, it is the brownest of all doubt. And what else do you need to know? WCW is trying to recapture the magic they had in 1996 and 1997, where they were just breaking records everywhere. So they thought, all right, let's literally go back to what we were doing there and we will reunite the NWO. What we really should have done here is sent Hogan away for a while before bringing him back as a brand new character. And I get keeping the Wolfpack around, their merchandise sales were through the roof. And if they're making money, you can always find a way to make them work on TV. The fact that we changed the title this way too, after after we had just defeated and ended Goldberg's streak. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. And you know the deal. Hulk Hogan pokes Kevin Nash in the chest. He takes a bump. He lets him pin him just so they can do the whole NWO thing again. And actually, when you take a step back and think about it, that still doesn't make any sense. Because he can't have enough of this stuff, Lex Luger then turns heel, because I was like, oh, I've only had 52 different things happen in the last two minutes. You better do something else. And what they do do here is they handcuff Goldberg and they spray paint his head, the whole NWO stuff. But Bill Goldberg, he really doesn't appreciate this. Honestly, go and watch it. At one point when they get his head, he actually lashes out at them. And that is not scripted. I mean, it sucks. It just sucks. And it's kind of fun to watch now because it is a moment in history, but it also could very well be the moment that killed World Championship Wrestling. And I tell you what it definitely did. It killed, to a certain degree, Bill Goldberg. Nobody, as I've already said, wanted to see him like this. Which brings us to the main event on Raw, which for me personally works on two very specific levels. The first is the most obvious one. Mankind becoming the WWF champion was such a surprise that it made you feel all warm and fuzzy in your tum-tum. And you could probably argue that Mankind winning this was the first guy to get it when all the fans were like, you know what? That man really deserves it. He almost killed himself at King of the Ring 1998. He deserves a Barry Horowitz pat on the back. The second part though, and it's one that people don't talk about anywhere near enough, is that this is also home to probably, arguably, the greatest ever reaction and the greatest ever pop in wrestling history. Because when Stone Cold Steve Austin arrives to twonk the rock with a steel chair in order to allow mankind to win, just go and watch it. Now don't watch it, I'm gonna sound like an idiot now, but I mean it, feel it. Everybody is going absolutely ballistic. And if you look at individual people in the crowd, you could convince someone, oh yeah, they've just been told, they figured out how to be immortal and never die. That's why they're so happy. I mean, you can watch it a hundred times and you will get goosebumps on every single viewing. I would love to have been a part of that crowd. I probably would have just melted because my body wouldn't have been able to handle it. Otherwise, this is all about the ending. Mankind kind of gets his ass whipped for most of this. But when Austin does come out, I mean, he really does take charge because he hits the rock in the head with a steel chair and my word does he hit him and he grabs mankind and he puts him on top of the great one so you know it's like one of those title reigns where he's kind of won but he's not the champion and also in three weeks he's gonna lose it back anyway at the Royal Rumble. None of that matters though as you've already figured out because it's just such a feel-good moment you feel genuinely pleased for mankind it's just wonderful to see Stone Cold the rock sells it like a champ ironically it's just the best and if you've never seen it just go and watch it. The whole match is only about 15 minutes. I love it. I absolutely love it. I think it's flipping ace and it doesn't just get an up. It gets a golden up. It's just the best. The atmosphere, the aura, the noise. It is an all time classic, which brings us to the end of the show. And I don't know what the hell to give either of them. Like Raw, they both suck. They're both really bad. But obviously Raw ends on such a high that can get an up. 
and I don't care who you are, that nitro will get down until the day that I flipping die. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.